Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 105 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about thought leadership and what it means to you. This week, I wanted to ask you about your learning journey this year. What are you working on improving or getting better at? I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is ClassKick. ClassKick is a free digital formative assessment tool that allows teachers to create lessons and assignments that students work through on their devices at their own pace. Teachers can observe student progress in real time and provide immediate feedback. Teachers can create rosters via class code, manual entry, or Google Classroom. Upon sign-up, teachers have the option to learn the features through a guided tour of videos and sample assignments. From there, they can search and modify others' assignments or use the Add Assignment option to create their own lesson from an existing file or from scratch. Each assignment consists of a series of individual slides which appear on the dashboard. Teachers can add images from the device's camera roll, key in text, add files, draw, paste in a web link or record audio on each slide. There are so many ways teachers can use ClassKick, from embedding resources for future review to asking higher-order thinking questions to using text and scribe features to work out mathematics problems. Science lab instructions are easily laid out in step-by-step slides, giving students the opportunity to demonstrate learning at each step. Or go even further and create a virtual research assignment where students can read information and take notes or add links that they can reference later. Take advantage of teachable moments by adding in questions to check for understanding on a slide, or identify students who are struggling and give them assistance without alerting their peers. Alternatively, encourage peer teaching by having early finishers provide help when their classmates ask. ClassKick's unique design makes it possible to achieve these goals, whether your students are learning virtually or in person. For all that it offers, ClassKick is surprisingly simple to use with a clean user interface and details that make it especially user-friendly. For example, color coding of rosters and assignments given to each class or group provides an at-a-glance overview of which students have which assignments and customizable stickers make it a snap for teachers to provide personalized, real-time feedback. Since students and teachers have exactly the same capabilities for writing and importing images and recording audio, it offers a nice way for teachers to differentiate instruction and promote student collaboration without having to worry about teacher versus student view. Whether kids are working solo or in groups, ClassKick is a great way for kids to be able to get attention and support from their teachers and peers when they need it most. I highly recommend that you take a look in the link in the description below, classkick.com. Last week, we talked about thought leadership. If you're interested in learning more, 
Go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about personalization. Personalization is a word often thrown around and often not delivered on in my experience. Today, I wanted to briefly chat about my thoughts on this. I won't be giving answers or examples, just sharing some thoughts that might help others better understand what they do and how they do it in this space. Personalization is all about making the learning experience targeted, engaging, and useful for each learner, no matter how they enter the learning experience and the background that they come in at. Personalized learning is an educational approach that aims to customize learning for each student's strengths, needs, skills, and interests. Personalized learning does not replace an IEP, a 504 plan, or intervention programs. Personalized learning is favored over traditional learning methods because it encourages students to speak up and express their interests, giving them a voice and a choice in their educational journey, thus teaching self-advocacy skills. Student voice and choice, in my opinion, is a critical component of a student's learning journey now. As educators, we need to listen more to our learners and empower them to lead learning and not be afraid of them knowing more than we do. That's inevitable. Technology is a powerful tool that can help personalize learning for all students. There are many tech tools that we won't go into today that can support learning journeys and personalizations. But it's critical that as a teacher, you plan for these opportunities in the learning journey before the experience takes place. Some tools will require some pre-learning to take place so that the tech skill doesn't get in the way of the learning opportunity. Teaching tech skills early helps personalize learning and open up opportunities for students to connect to tools to help them when it's necessary. Next week, we'll dive into some personalized learning tools. I'd love to learn more about how you personalize the learning experience for your students and the tools you find most effective in impacting learning in this way. To learn more, connect and follow on your social channel of choice. The links are in the description below and don't hesitate to reach out with your thoughts and ideas. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Andrew Canlay. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Andrew Canlay, a longtime connection of mine online. Andrew is an incredible leader and founder of Educarnley LLC, where he consults and shares, supporting schools globally, and is now an assistant principal at Central Islip Schools in New York, USA. Andrew, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Pleasure to be here. Let's do it, Craig. Awesome, man. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Sure. So I'm an assistant principal of a K to six uh, elementary school. Essentially, for those unfamiliar, that means uh, students roughly age five to roughly age 13. It's a school on Long Island, about 30 miles uh, east of New York, New York, what you see in the movies (laughs) with all the tall skyscraper buildings. We have a little bit more grass than them, though. And uh, essentially what I do as an assistant principal is, you know, assistant principals are managers of the school, uh, while the principals are the leaders of the school. So we are their right-hand uh, person. And I've been doing that for about the last four years. Prior to that, I, I taught sixth grade for seven years. 
I am a change of career. So prior to that, I was in accounting and that was kind of just uh, serendipitous. They threw me into that because I was trying to make it pro in soccer. (laughs) They didn't really know what to throw me into. The way I got into education was I I trained uh, youth soccer teams. I I figured out I liked working with the kids a lot better than sitting at a desk. Um, So that's that. But yeah, my current role, assistant principal, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, what inspires me to to be that and to do what I do is I think, you know, when, when I was leaving high school, leaving college, thinking about the legacy I wanted to leave, you know, what better legacy to leave than than putting a positive imprint on, on you know, younger lives that could carry out positive messages on, on your behalf and pay it forward through the world to make this place a better place for us to live in. So that's pretty much the, the gist of my story. You know, on the day to day, in terms of being a school administrator and running a small business and being a doctoral student and being a son, a brother, a friend, you know, all those things, um, it, it's all about balance, Craig. I'm sure you know about that. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And it's a really cool story, you know, going from you know, trying to make it as a professional athlete into coaching kids into education. It's it's kind of like a a movie story. Um, in lots of ways. And and I love that. What, you know, what was that moment that you went, I I should be teaching, you know, I should be in the classroom. Was there a moment or a a time period that really made you go, oh, I need to be doing that? Uh, Yeah, it it was a bit of a of an anomaly, me coming from my hometown, reaching, you know, certain heights in, in soccer, you, you might call it football. Yeah. So I, I never really had certain mentors. I was kind of just feeling, feeling it as I went. Um, and I think, you know, coaching the, the youth teams, it, it made me realize, you know, this is a very useful role. I, I wish I had, you know, this type of figure in my life. And, you know, as I was working with the kids and seeing that, you know, my uh, advice, if you will, was impacting their play and then transitioning that into the classroom, you know, my facilitation of, of equitable instruction and things like that, that was really making a difference. I, I think that was the initial moment was, was teaching, you know, kids soccer and then realizing, you know, I could transition this in, into classrooms. Yeah. That's, it's super cool to hear that story because I think those are the stories that in my opinion, aren't told enough. And I really enjoy that. And I really enjoy following your work online as well. And I'd like to dive into a little bit about your online presence. Why do you use online professional learning networks and why should other educators jump into it? It's a good question. I I think, you know, in in our, in our digital landscape and in our globally connected world, which is connected through the internet, I think it's a great way to sharpen your own skills, learn new skills in order to be better for the people that you're serving. You know, I've learned a ton on online. Currently, I'm on, on TikTok and Instagram just because they, they serve me the best in, in what I'm trying to accomplish. But a- any platform out there, I, I would tell any educator or really, Craig, anyone interested in any you know niche you could become a part of a community that really helps you uh, to grow in whatever fashion you'd like to. I, I think I got on Twitter back when I was on Twitter in like 2018, and I was only on there for about a year or so. And then I was able to, you know, land a book deal. And, and I'm not saying this to, to state accolades. I'm just saying this in terms of the networking power. Um, you could really come across people that 
teach you and mentor you. And then it helps you to become a better teacher and a mentor. I think that's the biggest thing. I do think, you know, it is important to mention, I think social media can be a double-edged sword. It's all about how you use it. I try and use it in the most positive way possible for my personal life and professional life. But I I think there are certain negative experiences that people might want to stay away from in terms of, you know, comments could get you down. (laughs) Um, If somebody doesn't particularly approve of, you know, something you're trying to get out there in the world. But what I would say to to any educator or once again, anyone wanting to join an online community, you know, it it's all about improving yourself, not to say that you need any improvement, but if you're seeking that out in any type of skill, it's all about coming across people that are genuinely there to discuss and talk and be a, a, a think tank. Um, you know, great things can happen. So that, that's why I, I do it. Yeah, you're spot on. It's exactly the same reasoning for me. I love being connected online for all of those reasons. And you do a lot of work consulting and supporting schools. Tell us a little bit about Educanle LLC. What do you do and how do you support educators in schools? Yeah, so my my business I, I created back in 2020. Um, and so how that came about was I, I started a doctoral program and I was, you know, toying with this idea of game-based learning. I, I think games could be a very um, low barrier to entry in, in terms of trying to help kids gain skills or, or anybody gain a skill. It's fun. It's a low stakes environment. There's no pressure. You know, mistakes are, are welcome and often funny in a game, uh, you know, scenario. So I was playing with this, this idea of what I used to do in my classroom with uh, how to garner increased participation. And, you know, we made it some type of a, of a game, gamified it essentially. And then Pairing that, that idea of what I used to do with me starting my doctoral degree and then me finding out the following. I I came across this thesis by a man named Arthur Aaron. I I don't know him, even though he's he's on Long Island from Stony Brook University. I think it was 2015, his study went viral. And what his study essentially, long story short, what it essentially showed was through back and forth questioning and back and forth dialogue, he could take two complete strangers in a 45 minute sitting. And by the end of it, they could feel a type of connection and oftentimes, you know, become great friends, possibly even get romantically linked. Um, And that just blew my mind. So I started working on game-based interventions to help children get that face time, especially amid the COVID-19 pandemic, where I think, you know, conversational literacy is the forgotten literacy, in my opinion. And there's really no explicit way to teach it. We just teach it through different contents of how, you know, teachers employ a system of hand raising or what have you. But in terms of, you know, cultivating that conversational prowess, I wanted to make it a fun, engaging way to get kids to be willing to engage and practice um, the scaffolding of their interpersonal skills. So I created three interconnected card games to, to really help them scaffold their, their speaking and listening skills and uh, turned it into a business. And so right now what I do is, you know, we're in about 72 different areas from our sales, I believe. And we have contracts with three different schools. And what they do is, you know, they about two or three times a week, 20 minutes each, they have different groups of students play these these games. And what we're finding out is through our own playtesting and what I will 
be doing a, a treatment test in, in about eight or nine months time. We're going to try and prove that, you know, these games and any game really, but specifically ours, they increase the level of school connectedness, of, of comfort, uh, positive peer relationships and overall class participation because children just feel more comfortable, quite frankly, with, with their own skill sets. So that's what our games bring to the table. We call it social games with a twist uh, because all games are social, but our games explicitly teach you how to be social. So it's very exciting stuff on our end. Yeah, man, I think it's it's super cool, actually. I think it's you know, innovative. I think it's groundbreaking. I think you're doing some really cool things where it needs to happen. So Congrats on that, and we'll make sure that we get some of those links out there to share as well. You know, on that note, the way you integrate technology into schools you work with is seamless. And I'm really curious for the people listening what you believe the benefits are of using technology in classrooms and why do you use it and encourage schools to do so? I think the first thing, obviously, for for any any novice or any person where you know, they get a little, a little apprehensive with the word technology. It's, it's there not to replace, you know, good, you know, best pedagogical practices. It's there to um, support. So for example, I think what's groundbreaking in education after the pandemic is uh, one-to-one devices. I think that's huge for personalized educational pathways for children, as well as for teachers to progress monitor, uh, to formatively assess. I I think that's going to show probably in the next decade or so that that one tweak um, that the pandemic brought on is really going to bring on a lot of growth. That's just my my opinion, my projection. And I think it's it's seamless in the sense of if you just make it a part of your uh, instruction, a part of your assessment, which I think is the easiest way to incorporate technology through personalized pathways that are automatically you know assessing a child and giving that feedback so they could see you know their metrics and how they're doing and things like that. Why do I use it? Why do I encourage it in in my school? I I think. Again, similar to social media, it could be a double-edged sword. However, if used appropriately, it could really open up a lot of doors for a lot of children. It can also open up a lot of doors for the parents to, to really see what's going on in the classroom. To you know, if, if you're a parent and you're you're shown a report and it's explained to you of, you know, your son Andrew is working on this, he's progressed to here in this much time. Here's how we got him there. This is his next steps. You know, I think technology is really powerful to to facilitate those types of conversations. Let's jump into some quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a brief why. What's your favorite edtech book or resource? I'll start with with my favorite book in general because I think it's a good mindset. Um, Have you ever heard of Jonathan Livingston Siegel? Yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's something that I'm a huge sports fan and I know uh, Kobe Bryant, um, the late great Kobe Bryant would often visit like sports teams of, of other disciplines and he would recommend that book to them. And it, it, you know, that caught my eye being a fan of his. So, so I read it one day and it was just, to me, it was so profound of a message in terms of like, we could all be so much more than we believe we are. And I think starting with that mindset is critical, especially when you're talking about ed tech, 
because so many teachers and so many people out there, even my own, my own parents who are in their, their early 70s now, you know, they just say with a very fixed mindset, oh, I'm not good at technology. I can't do that, you know. So I think, I think I'm going to name drop that book. I know it's not an ed tech one, but in a way, I think it could set a great mindset for, listen, let's try, let's click around, let's play around with this Google Doc and, and get better at it. So I, that, would be, that would be my ed tech book right now. Yeah, I love that. And when you're thinking about ed tech tools that you use in your classroom or, you know, you use every day, what's your go-to ed tech tool that the listeners need to try? I mean, obviously the smart board has become a, you know, a huge aspect of, of instruction. I would say in terms of like software programming, there's something that I used a few years back um, just to track emotional wellness, just to track uh, behaviors, things like that, to really get a cohesive classroom culture. It's something called Kickboard, and I haven't seen it around in a while. I know they're still around, but it, it, I, I loved it. I really thought it was great. So essentially what Kickboard was, was um, you have certain codes for certain desirable behaviors, and at the end of the week, um, <laughs> the child gets a paycheck <laughs> based on the points. And so I, I just thought that was fascinating in terms of instilling that entrepreneurial mindset that that meritocracy of you know if, if you could you could really climb up this mountain and, and really become more than what you think you are and from September to, to June it, it could really show in the data so I, I really liked that platform yeah that's super cool I, I love the sound of that I'm definitely gonna check it out we'll make sure the links to everything you share today are in the podcast notes as well Andrew what's one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy? progress and succeed in your career it, it's not a it's not a sexy one it's very mundane but it's it's critical especially being a former athlete drink water people <laughs> stay hydrated out there i think um you know throughout the day i know it's tough for teachers to you know get to the bathroom or to sit down or, or what have you but we have to physically take care of ourselves because it's going to affect our, our mental. Um, and I think a lot of us, including myself, I'm guilty of this. We often forget and we think we're invincible. And then we turn 30 and 40 and 50 and we realize I haven't really taken good care of myself physically. And, and I think that's something that is critical. So a daily habit, I try my best to have a, you know, a gallon of water a day. Yes, you will be going to the bathroom a lot. Uh, I try my best to eat, eat healthy, especially for me. Cause I, I used to be that guy that was, you know, around the clock working. I'm, I'm from, you know, New York city. <laughs> so around the clock working, hustle, 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 got to pick up McDonald's and you know, you pick up weight, you get grumpy, you get tired, you get lethargic. You really have to get that diet intact and get that water hydration intact. It, it will make a huge difference in your life. Yeah. Awesome advice, man. <laughs> it's really, really solid advice. What's the best way for listeners to follow and connect with you, Andrew? I know that the things you've shared today are, are really inspirational and I know people are going to want to connect with you. What's the best way for them to do that? Sure. Um, so I'm on uh, YouTube, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. All of them are Educanley, E-D-U-C-A-N-L-E, uh, Educanley LLC. You'll find me, you'll find the YouTube channel where I provide Mindset Moments of the Week. You'll find the LinkedIn where I provide the, the research that our games are based off of. There's a newsletter there. Um, Educanley.com is our website. 
on TikTok, we show how to play the games. Uh, we show, you know, why the game design is the way it is. A little bit of humor mixed in there as well. And on Instagram, uh, same thing. We're trying to provide different things on each platform. And right now, I'm sorry to say, Craig, we're only shipping throughout the United States. However, we're working on international. So I'll let you know when that when that's done. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I think there'll be a lot of interest. And when that's ready to go, let us know and we'll spread the word for you around this part of the world as well. Um, Excited to help out. Appreciate your time today, mate. Really appreciate it. Super inspirational. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Next week, join me for episode 106 of the Ignite EdTech podcast, when I am joined by John Micton. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you like today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.